I I feel that I was meant to be a perfect parent. Like I no, I'm serious. <laughs> to be a I was supposed parent. to be a perfect parent. The thing that messed it up was my kids. <laughs> like they yes, showed up okay. and did everything say. wrong, <laughs> and they exposed to and totally. <laughs> Hi, this is Eddie and Dibble Archer, and we want to welcome you to Defying Self Podcast. In this episode, we're discussing the ability to be inexperienced, but to still parent with confidence. And so we'll be talking about the principles that allow us to actually parent with confidence. I mean, I'll say that I think I think parenting is like, it's a conundrum. It's, it's a, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense because I think that's the one thing that every human being is created to do right you're created with the facilities to procreate and to create little versions of yourself mm-hmm. but also when you when you look at just from a stance of being prepared it's something that no one should do because nobody is ever prepared no like, nobody's qualified quite, and prepared for it right you know like in the absolute term absolutely nobody's prepared for it <laughs> yeah, you know, even after you may read a hundred books, you are not prepared because, quite frankly, you don't even know what you're getting. And I think that's the thing, right? It's it, because I, you know, I tell um, when when I do uh, work with families in my in my therapy practice, one of the things that I share with families is that you you get the kids that you need. Yeah, you know, not necessarily yep. the ones that that you, you want. want. And you know, I'll say that <laughs> <laughs> I'll say that personally. I I feel that I was meant to be a perfect parent. Like I you you no, I'm serious. <laughs> to be a I was supposed parent. to be a perfect parent. The thing that messed it up was my kids. Like they yes, showed up okay. and did everything say. wrong <laughs> and they exposed to and totally <laughs> Totally messed up the whole like, uh, you know. But regardless, though, I mean, the point <laughs> the point is that um, when it comes down to the to to the basis of it, we all start an experience. I do think that in the trajectory of parenting, there's a point where the kids get in a certain age. It might be school age, it might be adolescence, where it's just like, you know what? I accept that we're on a free for all, yes. and I'm just gonna <laughs> I'm just gonna realize that what I need to build is bigger than my tactics. Thank you. I was going to say, you are always going to be inexperienced. Right. Always. Right. Right. Uh, and I feel like if you ever figure out that, oh, I'm so experienced, I know it all. Personally, I believe that then you are really missing it. Right. Because one, the kids are constantly changing. Mm-hmm. Right. So your child at two years is a very different person to a 12 year old. Mm-hmm. Right. The world they exist in is so different. Right. Right, the challenges, just the things that you are having to deal with. Every time you enter that phase, it's the first time. And I will say it's a first time even if that's your fifth child. Sure. Because child number one, compared to, you know, what life may may have been when that child was twelve year old, was twelve years old versus child number five who's now twelve, the world is different. And the other thing is all the kids are so different. So you are always entering parenting as an inexperienced entity mm-hmm. right so and i think that point of humility is actually really very very important because if you are humble you know and the thing is the notion of being experienced is something that we like to hold on to because it helps us to feel comfortable 
Because it's scary to enter into a situation where you have to admit to yourself that, oh man, I don't know what I'm doing. It's scary, yeah. right? Uh, because then right there you've exposed yourself and then you are having to now say, okay, well, I don't know what I'm doing. I have to figure out what to do. Um, right. So I think sometimes we, you know, stay with that notion that, oh, I'm experienced. This is my second child, my third child. And of course, in some, the, the, the things that are not necessarily the big things like, oh, okay, well, my second child is a son, is a boy. Yeah. There's a level of comfort there because one, I don't have to buy girl clothes. I have boy clothes. Um, right. Because your first child is a boy You know, there's certain things too. I'm like, right. okay, well, mm-hmm. I've seen certain things. So yeah, I feel better. But I just think though, that when it applies to the human being, the essence of the child, um, I believe that for the relationship between the parents and the kids to be the most fruitful is to come with a sense of humility and to say, God, this is a new person. I've never met them. I don't know what you have in store for their lives. I am inexperienced and I'm going to need you to help me to parent this second child, this third child, this fourth child, this fifth child. Yeah. So, you know, I want to say that, um, I mean, just one of the things that you said there early on, the issue here is you have to start off in humility. Yeah. Um, and uh, even the topic of this this podcast, which is experienced, but parenting with confidence or inexperienced, but parenting with confidence, that's not a statement of pride. Right. It's not yeah. a, it's not a statement of um, what we've actualized as a parent. We are perfect. No, the, that, that's a statement of, of it's almost a decoration. Yeah. It's a decoration that says that I will do this. This I may be inexperienced, but I will parent with com- with confidence. Yeah. And hopefully throughout our conversation here, we'll start to talk about, well, what are the key principles that allow us to be confident? And one of the biggest ones is one that you've already mentioned, which mm-hmm. is this issue of I can be confident because I've gone to the architect and I and I've gotten the blueprints. Yeah. You know, I I've had to I have I've had to look at my my, you know, my two-year-old and say, mm-hmm. well, who is he? What's his, what's the version of a two-year-old that he needs to be that I need to facilitate? And then when he turns into a four-year-old and a five-year-old, and, and the truth is that that process is done brand new at each stage of development. It's done brand new for each specific child. child yeah. Um, but it's this thing of, I've not gone this way before mm-hmm. and I'm not going to assume that I know. Yeah. And which is, which is interesting because I have literally counseled and taught hundreds and hundreds of families Mm -hmm. you know i've worked in in therapy with with so many kids Mm -hmm. and so many parents but but it's it's interesting because i never bring that home i never assume Mm -hmm. that i know you know who my kids are in fact i think i remember us having a couple conversations where you're like hey you have all these tools (laughs) (laughs) why aren't you bringing any of that stuff home and and my response is that no, it's it's got to be organic. Mm-hmm. The truth is scalable. If if those tools that I teach are truth, then they're going to be true, and we will arrive to them organically mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, you know. Um. Uh. So 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 the truth is that I, what I want to invest in my boys more than tactics, more than the moment solutions. I I want to actually be aware of a journey that they're plugged into mm. because I have a blueprint of who they're meant to be when they're 30. Mm. You know, I have an idea of that. Um, and so I have to build towards that, mm. you know? Yeah. So, and the other thing that you just said there, and I, the thought that comes to my mind, you know, just even in terms of the solution um, that you apply to a situation um, is that 
you know, the thing that also has to dictate the correct response to the situation as a child themselves. So like in your case where you have all of these wonderful tools and Mm know-hows, but I like what you're saying about how it needs to be organic. That just because you know that, okay, well, if a child is exhibiting X uh, behavior, well, these are like the five options, right? But you don't sort of like start off with just like bringing the five options. Right. But what you are saying, what I'm like hearing behind what you're saying is that it's so important to allow the child to inform the flow of relationship between, you know, the child and the parent. Mm -hmm. And inside of that, as you learn who the child is, then you'll better understand what that child needs. You know, because quite frankly, you could have two kids that exhibit the same, seemingly same behavior, mm-hmm. right? And the first thing may be like, oh, wait, this behavior means I need to apply these five steps. But then if you were to take time to gaze deeper into the child and to begin to understand, you know, child A versus B, you may realize that, oh, wait, child B, even though at a surface level, they're exhibiting the same behavior, they are actually a very different person mm. and they need a different intervention, mm-hmm. right? So again, the aspect of relationship. So coming with a sense of humility um, and then in dealing with the conundrums of parenting, giving ourselves time to understand who our kids are, right? you know, yeah. giving ourselves time to learn our children, giving ourselves time to discern, you know, who our kids are. Yeah. And that's something that, you know, it takes time. Uh, but I also believe prayer, you know, a prayer to say, God, like, help me to know my child because this is somebody you've given me. They really are a complete human being who come to us and they are very unique. You know, some may look like they, you know, exhibit some things from the dad, the mom, which may be true, but they really are such unique individuals, um, you know, that, you know, God has, you know, built up very uniquely. And even just asking God to say, help me to understand who this child is. You know, so that I can know how to treat this one versus that one. Right. Right. Uh, Like all of those things are part of the things that, you know, personally we've discovered and they've they've helped Mm -hmm. us along the journey. That's good. So just just a quick check in. We are actually now speaking about the things that give us confidence and make us able to parent with confidence in spite of our inexperience. So one thing that we said is, one, we're going to go back to the source in God and say, God, who is this child? Yeah. Right. The other key thing that you said here, which is crucial, is taking the time to learn who that child is. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I encourage my my parents to do is to be an explorer with your child, not not an investigator. Mm-hmm. Uh, specifically with the parents that have children that 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 have experienced trauma or or have had something that they're actually overcoming or working through. Um, we have a tendency as parents to become these investigators looking for the negative, mm. looking for evidence of this assumption, right? And so <laughs> it's like, well, I know, you're, I know you're like your dad, so let me look for something <laughs> yeah. that, that reminds me Guilty. of your dad. So what happens is that we, we try to learn our kids through our expectations where, no, I actually, I want you instead to learn who your child is through exploring, where you'd walk into a situation and be like, oh, Okay, you're you you really like order. That's mm-hmm. that's interesting. I'm learning that about you. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not walking in with my expectations, but I'm kind of a blank slate when it comes to learning absorbing what I'm seeing about you. Mm-hmm. Then I'm taking that information and I'm bringing it into 
well, what kind of system, what kind of structure do I put around you to direct this thing that I'm exploring and learning about you? Right. So, so, so far, those are two things. Um, let's, let's stay there. Let's, let's keep talking about, well, what are the things that can make us confident parents? Hey, let me take a quick second and tell you about an initiative that both Ntibo and I are excited about, mainly because it's one of our initiatives that we're developing. And I'm talking about Anchor Point Family Counseling, which is a private practice that I own and run in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, where we serve individuals, couples, and families. And a part of our passion is to help families get through their toughest moments. So I want you to feel free to visit us at APFamilyCounseling.com and learn more about the online and community initiatives that we're creating to empower families and individuals all over the world. So I'm not going to hold this up any longer. Let's get right back into the podcast. So one thing that I want to talk about is that um, if, if we can understand that our kids are not ours, Mm-hmm. Right. Um, it it'll begin to change our perspective of what we're building in them. So so let me explain what I mean by that. Um, uh, I think one of the things that we need to realize is that we're not we're not parenting our kids so that they can one day we can one day own them and they can kind of serve all of our needs. We're parenting our kids so that they can go out one day and be adults on their own you know, for their independence so that they can one day be parents. Mm-hmm. They can one day be good spouses, you know. Uh, so so I think if we understand that, um, yes, we're parenting these kids, we're investing our lives in them, um, and we're giving our lives up for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even in that, our, our uh, satisfaction from it doesn't come from whatever we get after we're done, Right. Mm -hmm. Our satisfaction has to come from somewhere else. And we have to understand that they're not ours. They belong to their kids. They belong to their spouse. You know, they belong to to whatever that next phase is when they're when when they're adults and they're Mm -hmm. on their own. Hmm. That's interesting. Uh, You know, the thing that I'm also thinking about when you say the kids are not yours is also dealing with, you know, the aspect of, oh, I've parented this child i've done my best but i feel like i've failed Mm. right because you get cases where parents literally did the best that they could but Mm -hmm. their kids just still turn out less than ideal Mm -hmm. right so in my mind i'm like thinking that something like that could also help you recognize that you are here right you at the end of the day you're not the child's savior you're a very important part of the growth process Right, and you have a massive role to play, but ultimately they are not yours. Ultimately, they belong to God. Right, right. So in the end, as parents, we can only give what God allows us to give, and you know we we can we can only you know give, but we do not have control over the outcome. That's mm-hmm. something we have to trust in God for. Right, and that's something that I think even for parents, reaching out for the parents who you know, would have parented and things just still didn't turn out okay, is knowing that they belong to God and ultimately he loves them even more than us. Right, right. right. So I feel like it's a thing that has to balance us both ways. Mm -hmm. As a parent, absolutely. I mean, my prayer and my hope is that my kids will turn out, you know, to be the best kind of human beings, 
you know, but I'm just so reaching out because I know there are parents mm-hmm. where that's not necessarily happened for them. Mm-hmm. But even instead of that, it's like we have to trust the God of the process. We have to trust their ultimate father, their ultimate creator, right. because ultimately they belong to him. Right. And, and that has to be the thing that anchors yeah. our our hope, even in the midst of like very challenging you know, right. times, right, as yeah, parents. I, can I, I know you got some points, but I'm going to roll right into my next point because okay. that like ties exactly All into right. what you, you, you just said, which is the issue of you're not supposed to be perfect, right? Mm-hmm. You're not, you're not a perfect parent. Um, uh, none of us are. And the issue, the issue, the objective isn't perfection in parenting. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, and I want to say that a couple different ways. One, we have looked at research and compared uh, uh, family relationships. And one of the things that, that we're finding is that it's actually better for a parent to make a mistake and repair that mistake than, mm. than a parent that never makes a mistake, mm. right? Because that kid actually now has a pattern on how to repair. Mm. They have a pattern on how not to hold on to shame, yeah. how not to hold on to guilt. Yes. They need your ups and downs as much as you need to go through them. Mm. Right? So I think I think that's a key thing to remember and also keep in mind that the thing that's meant to make our kids perfect one day is a journey that they need to walk through in God, right? Mm. That's one. But they also need a a, a, a spouse that's going to sharpen them and hit at their biggest selfish issues, right? And then they need kids to teach them how to give themselves, even though they get nothing. I mean, so life shapes them, mm. right? It's not, it's not, you're not the end-all be-all as a parent. Yeah. So let go. Like, be confident in what you're doing. You don't need to be perfect. Mm. So it's like, be okay with making mistakes. I mean, at the end of the day, I don't think we like wake up and say, oh, I'm going to make a big mistake. But I, I mean, I like hearing that because what it is that, well, if I find that I've made a mistake, it's like take joy in that because that is so crucial for my son to see me make mistakes and come back. Right. Right. Because one of the things that a second, a second one struggles with, he struggles with saying sorry. Right. So, you know, there's been incidences where I may be in the wrong towards them. And I would say, hey, I'm really sorry. Mommy made a mistake and did A, B, C, D. And ultimately, kids learn the best by observing. Sure. Because we can talk, talk, talk all you want. But the thing that is the most powerful teaching tool is them watching our lives, mm-hmm. right? Watching you and I make mistakes um, and then coming back around and say, hey, babe, I'm really sorry you right. know, for doing that. Right. So I really love hearing that because for me, it releases me. From sometimes the self condemnation of oh man, I my parenting sucked today because mm-hmm. there's been moments where you know I'd be sleeping and I'm like oh man, uh, that today wasn't really a great day. <laughs> yes, you know today was really not a great day. You know I wish I was a little bit more patient, and those are great things. But I I just love the fact that I can use those things as points of lessons to very openly because I think sometimes as parents we have this sense of pressure that we have to show. Uh, perfection to our kids right like that we want to show uh, show them that oh you know we always do right and we get it right all the time um it's well-meaning but ultimately that's like placing a, a kind of just unhealthy pressure on ourselves versus a thing where it says hey just live mm-hmm. progress on a daily however when you trip up use that as a resource to teach your child that, hey, I'm very sorry. I was so impatient with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, mommy's really sorry. 
Um, that that was not the right thing to do. I should have given you a bit of space to do whatever you wanted to do. So I just love that because there is something so powerful about that. It's like don't focus on trying to be perfect. Focus on living, right, and progressing on a daily. But when you trip up, use that as a lesson because it's true. Because I'm like, otherwise, if we are always trying to model perfection, unfortunately, our kids are going to go out into the world and they are going to be so shocked, yeah. Right. Because they're going to come and realize that, whoa, wait, but this world is a very different place. And I don't even have the tools to deal with life because all I've ever lived under is just a sense of perfection. I haven't had to struggle. Mm-hmm. Right. So I watch my two boys interact with each other, you know, and I watch how they react towards each other. And one of the things that I do is to try to use those things as lessons. It's like if your little brother is stepping over your toys and you just, have like an anger outburst. For me, it says, okay, you know what? We have to try teach you to control your emotions. Your emotions are valid, right? I would also be mad if, you know, you started stomping on top of my toys. However, the principle he has to learn is that it's going to happen in life. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not going to be a little brother. It's not necessarily going to be physical toys, but there's going to be incidences in life where people come and they step all over you. Right. But you can't just go and, uh, you know, burst out in anger. So I realized that even now I have to begin to train my boys to have, you know, restrained and to, you know, to respond to situations in a way that's productive versus in a way that's counterproductive. So I really just love that. Yeah. I yeah. love that. Like that not, let's not hold ourselves to a perfection standard. Well, that's good. Good. Um, the, so the other point that I have in terms of how I began to deal with you know, uh, feelings of inexperience, but to rather step out in confidence is the issue of faith, mm-hmm. right? Self-doubt is bountiful. <laughs> it doesn't really take much in a day, right? Mm-hmm. To Why are you frowning? What's up? No, no, go ahead. Oh, I, uh, you know, in that section, you, you actually stated it somewhere somehow differently earlier, faith versus something. But Well, it's, it's self-doubt versus faith. And then okay. I have another point that's, you know, where I talk about shifting the focus from me to, to placing it on God. And actually, I mean, I can talk about the, the shift in the focus for me to God. So when I became a parent, like one of the things, the images that I had in my mind, uh, and we were talking about this earlier, is that at the end of the day, we tend to parent somehow from how we were parented, mm-hmm. right? So one is that, oh man, I saw my mother doing X, I'm going to do it. Or it's, oh, I saw my father and my mother doing this, I'm definitely not going to do it. But oftentimes, I think that's how people tend to like parent. You're either going to, you know, repeat or you say, oh, I'm not going to do that to my kids, you know. Um, so one of the things that was very, like that, that's been in my mind is that if I think of how I was parented, you know, the words that will come to my mind is that I was parented with sheer determination and will, mm-hmm. right? I, I was parented by, I grew up with my grandmother and then I lived with my aunt. But I think specifically when I think of my grandmother, you know, growing up in the village and, um, you know, just how she would have d- parented, you know, she had like a lot of, there were a lot of kids around, um, you know, she's a single parent. Uh, so the, she, she had, there was like a sheer determination and will that you will turn out right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you disobey, you are going to be disciplined. And basically you will, you know, I will beat the, you know, the right way of doing things, the right way of being into you, but I will not give up on you. You know, it's just sheer determination and will. So even when I became a parent, I think that sense of sheer determination and will has been something that has been inside of me. Um, but 
what I realized was that what that was, was I had way too much confidence in myself. Mm. Right. Because I'm like, my grandmother did this. So, oh, you better believe I am going to do this. You know, these two boys, you know, they will be, they'll get into shape. So that's sheer determination of will. But there was just too much confidence, right? And I will do this. Um, but I really thank God because there would have been various um, incidences that would have happened that would have beat me into shape. That would have like, you know, been my moments of, hey, reality check, you cannot do this. Right. Your determination is not enough. Mm-hmm. You know, one, it's a different world. It's different circumstances. And I'm not even just saying different world in the sense of I'm now living in the U.S. versus South Africa, but just different, different world in the sense that you have two boys. They are growing in a different time. The, the circumstances of your life are different. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's all very different. Um, and I really thank God because when those situations happened, I realized that, nah, you're not going to make it, right? And I, I mean, as you know, I'm a very determined person. But I realized that, no, this is not how this is going to get done. This is not the way these boys are going to be raised into good men one day. It's not going to just, my self-determination is not going to be enough, mm-hmm. right? Because there's situations that where you, you know, I would have gone through and I'm like, uh-uh, I'm definitely in over my head. Mm-hmm. And one of the things you begin to realize is that you do not control many things, right? So there have been an incident with our oldest at daycare. Right. So one, the minute you drop your child off at daycare, you are giving other people control. You are giving their friends control. Right. In the sense that now you are putting that child in an environment that is not controlled by you. There's all kinds of kids from different backgrounds. So whatever control you had right there, you lose it. Right. The influences are different. Mm-hmm. If I had control, I can handpick. I'd be like, okay, let's check your family background. Okay, great. I want you here. Oh, let's check you. You know, I could, but right now, when I leave you there, I don't have control. I don't have control over the teachers, right? You do your best to investigate. You don't have control. But in any case, so we're going through a time where we're getting called every single right, right. day for like a month. Tough times. Man. Oh, your son has done this. <laughs> oh, your son has, you know, done that. And in those moments, I realized that, wow, God, I, my determination, sheer world determination is not going to cut it. Like I can't control that. So the realization for me was that your confidence has to come from God. Yeah. Right? One, like you said, the child does not belong to you. Mm-hmm. This child belongs to God. Mm-hmm. So guess what? You love them, but he loves the child even more. So if you are having problems with the, your child, go to him. Mm-hmm. And that's what I had to do. That's like the thing that I had to learn. That if I'm having struggles, and not even just struggles, like ultimately when I need to figure out how do I parent? What is the right thing to do in this situation? Is that God, I need you. And I literally had to say that prayer where I had to repent and say, God, I literally came into this thing with just a sense of self-confidence that, oh no, I got this thing covered. You know, these kids are going to, you know, get into shape and they will be, you know, the men that I see in my mind that they need Mm, to be. mm -hmm. But I really, you know, I feel like God completely humbled me and I was like, God, I repent for that attitude because that is arrogance. Right. And we spoke about humility. That is sheer arrogance. Sure. Right. And two, honestly, I'm not going to be able to do this without you. Yeah. And the minute, you know, I began, and that's a prayer that I continue to pray that God helped me, help me, like every day, help me, like, you know, help me. Situation to situation, help me. And it's interesting because even with that situation at school, you know, we went through it and it sort of brought us to our knees and we had to pray and we had to wait. And it's very interesting because even without us touching it, but just by praying and sort of like um, 
what's the word like um giving ourselves over to the situation to kind of like let it roll out and just like you know just give it space to roll out god came out in like an amazing way yeah right went Definitely. to a meeting the thing that was a problem realized that oh okay well that's not the problem this child is just bored oh hey by the way we're gonna start x next week that can help him we'll fit him in there and you just realize that well god clearly you've always been waiting for me to turn to you and to say you are ultimately the parent yeah and my ability to parent comes from you so help me every single day to do you know what you need me to do for this child sure so for me that has been and continues to be like my point of confidence yeah and i mean just um i want to take that point and just kind of evolve to another place uh you know in in the families that i've worked with i i tend to catch a certain type of style of parenting that is more crippling than than any of the other kinds i've seen which is a parents that parent with self-determination mm-hmm. with this thing of i will force this thing into existence i will force my child into this truth and i'm going to do everything i can to 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 make sure that happens now when you when you're dealing with a child that that has a specific um disability or mental health or issue um what that turns into for a parent is I'm going to skip from therapist to therapist, from modality, from model to model to, and I'm going to go throughout the land and, and do all these different things. And not to say that you shouldn't advocate for your children, right? You should absolutely knock on every door possible. These are your kids. Hmm. We will not allow our kids to fall through a crack. Yeah. But I think there's a certain, there's, there's a certain way about it where I'm trying to force my will into their life, mm-hmm. um, where that becomes a problem because, and, and this is kind of what I've, I've had to help parents realize, you just have to accept your kids for who they are. Your kid is weird. It's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, they might sing songs early in the morning. That's, <laughs> it's all right. It's just, it's just their own their little quirk. Okay. You know, um, you, you might have to fight until they're 30 something but look count the cost (laughs) make a decision draw a line in the sand and say this this will not you know this is where this is my commitment until the day i die and then go fight that's it you know um so so the issue of of as a parent trying to force my will into a child's life is is definitely something that, that that we have to confront because the way that that disempowers our confidence is that over and over and over again, we're let down. Mm-hmm. Over and over and over again, I have this expectation that my child should be able to do A, B, C, D, and they're not doing it. They're doing C, D, Z, 2, W. Mm-hmm. You know, and and so so every day I show up and I try my best and I'm let down. And that will make you feel like a defeated, empty person. Mm-hmm. And that's not who you're meant to be. And and you can't offer that to your child. You can't parent them well with with that type of 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 identity, you know, and holding those kind of burdens. Mm-hmm. So there's a point where as parents, we have to kind of put those burdens down and say, I'm not gonna pick up my stuff anymore. I'm gonna pick up his burden and his yoke. I'm gonna do what God wants. And and for him, all I have to do with my kid is is to connect. Like that's a priority. The school stuff is still going to fall apart. They're going to be the oldest person in high school. They're going to have oh, a beard. <laughs> <laughs> right? 
right? But you know what? I, I'm going to fight the battles that I need to fight and I'm going to feel freedom and I'm going to feel confidence fighting those battles because my kid is cut and, and formed a certain way. And I, as a parent, I need to respond to that. You know, so so I just I appreciate the the statement of letting that go, getting it off of my priorities and, and putting it back on on God. Hey, once again, we want to thank you for tuning in to this week's episode, Defying Self podcast. And I want to encourage you to come back uh, when we publish our next episode in two weeks uh, where we're doing the second half of this conversation. We're going to talk about pride in parenting, comparison, self-doubt, hope it's a really good topics. Once again, guys, head over to defyingself.com. Let's keep the conversation going. Let us know your thoughts, your questions, and, and uh, look forward to it. Thanks, guys. <laughs>